You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. Do you hear how chipper I am? <laughs> yes. Real chipper. I I hear it in your voice. Do we still use the word chipper, or is that from, like, 1950s? I'm not sure why it's a thing, what? but... Being but, chipper? Yeah. What does it mean, chipper? Like, upbeat. I know, but why chipper? I, I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Mm. We've opened a mystery now. Is it to do with a chipmunk? Possibly. <laughs> I don't think so. If I don't you, think so. If you know the Is answer this the to topic that, of this show? It seemed really boring. Well, if you know the answer to that question, email it to sidtalk at sidtalk.com. <laughs> it's the only time she'll accept emails. Correct. Just when the definition of et- etymology... Of chipper. Is etymology right? Yes. Or is that bugs? No. I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this is not here for this. No? I don't think so. It might be here for the chipper banter. Correct. <laughs> but um bum. All right. It is Saturday, July the 25th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And this is episode 644. The movie we're looking at this week is The Grudge. It's a 2020 movie. It's out on Blu-ray now. It's from our friends at Sony who sent us a copy of the Blu-ray for review. And it's rated R for terrifying so Sid Talk... Is that what R means? Yeah, that's what it means. Interesting. So Sid Talk will give you the synopsis, and then I'll give you the one off the box. Uh, synopsis. Hmm. There's a thing that causes people <laughs> who are violently killed to be haunted, and then haunt the people around them, and then... They do violent things, and then it happens again and again, and there's really no story at all. It's just that. All right. And we have a woman, and she's a cop, and there's a kid, and there's a real estate agent. Anything else you want in this synopsis? No. Here's the real synopsis. Um, A curse born in Japan is simultaneously unleashed in the U.S. Those who encounter it are consumed by its fury and met with a violent fate. Producer Sam Raimi brings us the untold chapter of this horror classic starring Andrea Riseborough, Damien somebody, Joe Cho and Betty Gilpin with horror legend, horror movie legend Lin Shay from Insidious and Ouija and Jackie Weaver in the darkest, creepiest, most shocking film of the series. Hmm. Dark and creepy. I can give it that. I'll start by saying this. Oh, hold on. Let's start by saying this first. There we, are, we, talk, we speak together now, do we? There are several grudge movies you're probably aware of. If you, there, are, there were a series of Japanese movies. There was four of them. I mean, this is re- irrelevant to this particular movie, but well, this go is, ahead. This is just padding the mythos. I know, but this movie is its own movie. There's four so. Japanese movies. Then there are three American movies. And then there is this movie. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with this movie. This so. movie has everything to do with those movies. No, I mean, what I'm saying is taking... if this is the only movie you're watching and you haven't watched any of them, then it should stand alone and tell its own story. And it does, I, I would say. It does not. Oh, it com- really? It totally does not. Because you have no real... I mean, look, first, let me say what I was going to say, which is I enjoyed it because I like horror movies and I like like creepy, weird shit. That's just... I love it. I like zombies are my favorite end of the world kind of stuff. This, because it's an ever going grudge haunting curse, kind of interesting, I guess. But this standalone movie doesn't really tell you anything. It kind of really quickly says, oh, yeah, oh, um, sometimes when a violent thing happens, 
Um, there's a curse. And now we've got it. And it actually does and that with it. words on the screen at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I thought was a bit like, I was like, really? You just have to have words on the screen? Right, that's what I'm saying. They're not really telling us any story at all. It's all about the experience and being scared and grossed out. And like, <gasps> it's very empty calories. There's no substance here whatsoever. So don't be coming to this movie for any sort of like, you know, satisfaction, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it just functioned like it's, you know, another chapter in this grudge thing. Mm-hmm. And the way it functions as a movie, and I, you know, I, I know it's just an, a sequel to another horror movie, and it's going in with that in my mind. But after it had finished, I said to you, "Well, that did nothing. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it did nothing to further any any of the plot." And I, I'm assuming, well, there is no way to further this plot because we've established this thing can't be stopped. The end, right? Well, they say that, but I mean, come on. Right. So. You know, either the blew up one Death Star, and then what happened? There was another one, and another well, either one. in another version of the Grudge, they'll figure out how to stop it, or they won't, and they'll just keep making them forever. But this is how this one feels. It just feels like we're rehashing a, the other one. See, I haven't seen two and three. I don't think, but I did see the first one, and I don't know if you remember this guy. I just watched the trailer of the first one to fill myself in. It was kind of like had a comedy element to it. It wasn't really grim the entire time. You remember? You mean the American version? The American or... version. Okay, I've no, never, I don't I've never that. seen the other one. So the Sarah Michelle Gellar one, it, it's it's kind of, you know, in that early 2000s like horror movie, kind of, it's scary, but it's also funny. It's got that to it. Does it? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's kind of... And the second one, especially, I was just reading, was like full on kind of goofy. The second mm. one, I don't mean like airplane. I mean it just had like a funny element to it. This one doesn't, so it operates like a really dismal, dim, you know, grim. And that might be part of its problem because I didn't care about anybody in this movie. Yeah, unfortunately, I had and the same thing. It's complete. Everything is depressing, like everything. There's never a moment of like fun or I know what funny. Or, you just felt like, oh, this is gonna be, oof. yeah, it's super it's hefty. It's super hefty. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of like what there were parts of it that reminded me of True Detective, but not like the quality of True Detective. But the way True Detective is, it just feels hopeless the entire time, and this just feels hopeless the entire time. And I know that's cool for a horror movie. But then when it gets into the horror, it's not enough for me that like like a hand on the back of somebody's head or like a, a bathtub that's got something in it maybe. It's I've seen it before, first off, in other films in this series. And second, it wasn't done very well, so it wasn't very scary, you know? It's not scary, but there's enough grossness. Grossness as in the filter on the whole thing is pretty yellow and sort of a pukey green yellow color all the time. Like every yeah. light on every person and every shadow, it's got this putrid kind of sourness about it. So that kind of sets you on edge. The people have a very grungy, very high dynamic range occasionally or high clarity filter on them. So there's every bump in their skin shows up and... Definitely you know, been messed with. It though. makes it all look like everything's rotting already. You know what I mean? Like you're on the verge of disgusting death yeah. putridness. And so that I like, strangely, and that whenever one of those jump scares do happen, we've watched enough movies, we know they're happening, but if the jump scare includes a disgusting thing, then I, I like it. Yeah, well, the the best thing in the whole movie for me was the old lady cutting her fingers. Oh my! I That's mean, your favorite thing that was yeah, because it was kind of it was gross and I didn't know what she was doing. It was kind mm-hmm. of unexpected, and then it was kind of you know very gross. It reminded me of that scene out of It Chapter Two that we just watched, where she goes to visit the old lady in the apartment. And she's kind of creeping around naked behind her and stuff. Yes, yes, yeah. I get what you're saying. I have the feeling of that. Yeah. And that was creepy too. I kind of like that scene. So, you know, it's it's pretty predictable. Also, these are the problems I had with it because I've seen other the other Grudge movie, 
this is pretty predictable. You kind of know what's going to happen, right? Absolutely. There wasn't one moment where I was like, well, this person's probably going to live and this person will die. I was like, no, they're probably all just... And spoilers, let's go into some spoilers. Okay. Pretty much everybody dies in the movie, um, which I like. I do like movies that have the balls. Rogue One, for instance. They have the balls to just kill everybody. Sorry if I spoiled Rogue One. <laughs> it has been out for about three years. And also um, no one can live because it's part of the story. Yeah, so I like that. I mean, there are a couple of remaining characters, but they're, they're not major characters. Most most everybody dies. Mm. Um, that's good. I mean, and that's kind of essential for a horror movie. You need to kill people, don't you? Because that's part of the horror sure. movie. But um, none of it, I didn't see, like there was no surprise for me at all. I wasn't like, oh, that was clever. Or that's an interesting way of doing that. It was all, like you said, well, we watched the extras for the movie afterwards. And the guy who uh, directed it, took you through Easter eggs of the movie. And basically, the Easter eggs in the movie are just his favorite bits of all the other movies. Yeah. Right? So then, I didn't know that while I was watching it. But after I thought about that, I was like, that's why there was no surprise in this movie. All these things I've seen before. Like and that's seen. also why it felt like nothing. It felt like no story was happening other than, oh... I knew the grudge existed. I know what it is. It's a curse. It's Japanese. People die. It's about ghosts. Okay, I know all that already. So now this is enough to, you know I mean? That's enough for me to go ahead and enjoy this. If you didn't know that, I think you would be like, what is going on? Yeah. But he relied on people who love the franchise. I mean, what he was saying in the extras was even he based one scene on he really liked the grudge video game. Yeah. And there was a sequence <laughs> in that that he liked. So he stole that. He even said the word stole. Yeah. There was uh, something in one of the comics that he liked, so that's in this movie. He liked this. He liked the bathtub scene out of the first movie, so he put that in this movie. So every step of the way, I, apart from the old lady cutting her fingers off, which, spoilers, is a, is a thing that he took from a comic book of The Grudge. So there isn't an original idea in the movie, I don't think. I know, it's really weird. It's really sad. It feels like a patchwork. Like he like he got all the favorite bits, yeah. jammed them together, and then went, hold on a second, how do I fit all these together? Oh, it doesn't actually matter. There's a grudge and all these people. And what did I liken it to? Um, I don't know. When, uh, mostly in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, when you had a favorite TV show that had like 26 episodes per season back in the olden days when we had, you know, normal television seasons that have like lots of episodes, what they would do is near the middle or the end of the season, have an episode where all of a sudden you start off and someone's sitting on a couch or next to a hospital bed or something happens and they go, oh, I remember back when this happened. And then you get a clip. From the first episode of the season. And then you need a clip from the second episode. It's a clip show. It's not an actual episode. They cheat you out of an episode by bookending it with characters talking about, oh, remember when this happened? I That's actually what this remember is. an episode of Different Strokes that did that. Every show did it. It's well, th crazy. This one specifically, because I used to sit down and watch Different Strokes every Sunday night. And uh, sat down as a kid, Different Strokes was on. And it was the one where that was happening, where they're going, do you remember the time when we yeah. had a fight in the bedroom? And then it and then it shows you that. Exactly. And I was so disappointed because I wait all week to watch it. And I was like, I've seen this. I've exactly. Seen this. That's exactly what it is. And even though we haven't seen all the grudge movies, we know that the... The, the beats. Yeah, and we know the only story it's told is there's a curse and that's it. Yeah, like, that, that's there is no like... We've seen enough movies like this where there's a trope. There are certain tropes in horror movies. I'm not saying that's the best way to write a story because that's very formulaic. However, to tell a whole story, you need a proper, like, this is what it is and this is how to resolve it or this is what it does and this is how you... A beginning, middle, end, all that kind of stuff. This movie has nobody, or this story, has no weird person in a bookstore somewhere down in the city... <laughs> right? Or a person, even the guy we went to see in the mental hospital, he didn't have anything to offer. I thought, oh, he's going to be able to have some enlightenment. Like he's the bridge between us and them, right? He's because he's crazy, but he hasn't died yet. He must have something special about him that makes it so he can explain to us Nothing. what to do. 
absolutely nothing. In fact, you reminded me of, um, you know who from Preacher. Arseface. Yes. <laughs> Basically, he was just there so he could have another horrific death. Yes, they're all there just for more horror. And, you know, that pleases some people. But I wanted him to add something. We didn't have, there's none of that. So. And when I was talking about, empty. if you take a patchwork of your favorite moments, which is what he did from all the other movies, and then you go, how the hell do we fit these all together? Well, in this movie, it's easy. There's a curse and people die and that's it. You don't even need to write a story. You've just got to fit the people in. Yeah. That's all <laughs> they've done is just kill a bunch of people in very gross kind of ways with a few shocks. And again, I enjoyed it. So anything you think I'm saying that's like super negative or, you know, I'm digging on the movie or not digging on it. What's the other thing? Hating on the movie. Um, I'm not. I just don't like story. People who try to tell a story when there is no story involved. I think that I could just look at the poster, right? And give me one screenshot from the movie and I'll, I'll, I will have captured the entire thing in my head. I got it. Because I was um, two-dimensional. I was always hoping that, that we were going to... Some tidbit was going to be unveiled or something. And even the way the movie ends, which a horrific thing starts to happen, and then the camera comes out and just looks at a house. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack disappears completely. It's just quiet. Or you can hear the birds chirping. And then the credits go over. Uh, I the, actually like that. Yeah, well, that... I was expecting that to happen. Credits, the credits, the credits, and then some reveal of some kind. Mm. But that was it. It was just a, like, the movie ends here. Goodbye. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) There was no, you know, you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to learn. Well, what what you're actually going to learn, which you already knew, is this curse will never leave the people alone. You step in within it. Yeah. And you're done. That's it. It'll never leave you alone. It'll torture you until you end up killing yourself. Which is pretty much what it does, right? It tortures you. It tortures you. It tries to make you. This is what I grasp. Because guess what? No one tells us. No. All it does is gives you horrific images of these very disgusting dead people and ghosts. And it plays with your mind. It pretends to be people you know. It looks like something terrible. It freaks you out. It tugs on your blanket, which we talked about. I'm like, seriously? You're a spirit. It licks your foot. You're a spirit in the spirit world. You can cause infinite amounts of damage to humanity and you want to tug on my fucking blanket to scare me for two seconds or yeah pretend that you're the dog licking my leg that's like loki stuff right that's like the joker kind of joker what's the um joker wouldn't waste his what's time the on spirit that guy from the movie fallen you know he's just like a jokester he just likes to prey on people and like he's Funny, the not movie funny. But Fallen. Fallen with uh, John Goodman and uh, Denzel Washington, I believe. Oh, that one, yeah. Right, where it, you get in, you get infected by this spirit. It's like a demon, like from hell, kind of spirit, who just basically is a trickster, wants to play tricks on people. Of course, it always ends up horribly, and people die. That's kind of what this feels like. But it's, but then they're also trying to say how horrible and dis- horrible and. Tr- evil it is is do they even address evil at all mm, there's, there's no explanation mm, for why this is happening spiritually like the they mention like god in the when they're in the detective's apartment mm, his, true. his mom was into god and he's watching god on the tv like a god thing like that's protecting him yeah and mm. he can't drop it because his mother died and, right and there was a stained glass window with a with some biblical stuff on it that they focused on once. But it didn't really do anything. It's not like The Exorcist. I mean, it doesn't, it's not like it's, you know, the devil. Or, it's just... Yeah. It's a There's Japanese no explanation. ...thing. <laughs> and, the, you know, the opening sequence is like the lady from the first one. Is that what, I'm, is that what they were saying? Or the second one? The lady coming out of the uh, original Japanese house. What about her? Who was she? She was nobody. She was just a new character, but she had, she was the person who came in after the last person died in the last movie, and she's the person who who's there before the next person. And like the coronavirus, she just brings it. She brings it to to America somehow. Listen to you. That's terrible. No, you know what I'm saying though. It don't make any sense. She's a carrier. 
Well, she, I guess... It's because the explanation is this. Yes, the place where the people are horribly murdered, that's where the spirit, the evil, vengeful grudge is born, right? This haunting. So this person can never rest because you've horribly murdered them in a violent way. And now they want... They've got a grudge against everybody who's alive, apparently. Again, that's not explained. That's just me adding it to it. So when you go into that place where it happened, those spirits are there. Now they start to follow you around. They will start haunting you, making you go mental until you are somewhere else and commit a violent crime in another place. And then guess what? The spirit of that person that you horribly murdered is now in that place and will attach itself to someone else. That's how it spreads. So yeah, it's like a virus that spreads. You're a carrier if you go into the place and you let it kind of get under your skin, like where you start imagining noises and stuff, and then once it's got you, it follows you around. So it's like it follows without but the again, sex part. No one has told right? us this, right? You just have to figure this out. And yeah, like that. Yeah. It like, follows. It's a little more it's a little weirder. It follows is like, you know, you, you come in to contact with it and then it's never leaving you alone, right? It's just coming. True. It's, it's, well, that, uh, the grudge existed before it follows. So you could say it follows borrowed the grudge, right? You know, you sure. All borrow from each other uh, in the horror thing. So um, the one thing that this did have, um, what I liked, is they actually had some decent actors in it. Just unfortunate. Like, they're, they're all disposable or underutilized. Agree. So, John Cho, who you know from... The Exorcist, the TV show. Yeah, if you've not seen that, it's very good. The second season of The Exorcist TV show. He was excellent in it. Uh, you'll also know him from Star Trek. That's what you would If prime. you watch the movies. From the new ones. Um, he plays Sulu, right? I guess. I don't watch the new movies. You I'm an actual Star Trek fan. Yeah, I watch it. I don't care. I don't care about them. You haven't watched them, but you watch them. I watch them, but I don't care, so they don't count. Right, so John Cho uh, plays Peter Spencer, and Betty Gilpin, who we were introduced to a few weeks ago when we watched The Hunt. She was the main character in The Hunt. I really liked her in The Hunt. Again, I think she was really good, like, in this, but, like, she didn't give, wasn't given anything to do, really. Right? True. She was just like, I'm pregnant, and... <laughs> and something's very wrong, are and... Are you coming home, Peter? You know, it was like, it was just like nothing to it. Yeah, she didn't have a lot to do. So I like those two, so there's some, you know, but even John Cho tried his hardest, I think, to be, you know, he has to go and sit with that little girl, it's mm -hmm. all a bit, and he, uh, you know, like I said to you before, lots of people get killed in this, so maybe those two do. Andrea Riseborough plays Detective Muldoon, she's pretty much our main character who we're following around. What did you think of her? Oh, she was all right. I mean, I'll be honest. She reminded me of Ellie from The Last of Us. And really? that is a video game. Why? Yeah, like her mannerisms, the way that she's kind of hunched over a lot. She's extremely thin and her face is a bit gaunt at times. And they've made her again. So her skin is like this hyper texturized. It makes her look older than she really it is. It does. And it's almost like created and that's how the video game... In the video game, in some of those scenes, their skin is just like that. Right. And it, just her her way about her, sometimes the way she moved and the way the camera follows her often from behind doing things, she, it just reminded me of Ellie. She was from the movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Mm. She was in that. I was looking what she was in because she looked, seemed familiar. Um, I don't know. The, I can't pronounce this second guy. This guy is called Damien Bishner, and he plays Detective Goodman. And he's just, you know, you know who I'm talking about, Mexican mm -hmm. actor. Um, I don't like his mumbling and shit. I don't either. I felt really bad, but I'm like, dude, I can barely understand uh, you. Yeah. Not not because I can't understand what he's saying, he just but because he just mumbles. has that style. And they did a loop on him on every single scene. The loop is when they film the scene, they do the dialogue, but then later they come back to the studio in a little room like we're doing right now with a microphone. They re-record the audio of the person talking and then lay it over the top and you could tell and it was very distracting. And I would think because 
you know, on on the set, they probably couldn't understand what he was saying because he really talks down into his like his. Really did. It was very just. The other weird thing about him is sometimes he had a Mexican Spanish kind of accent, and then sometimes he didn't. There was yeah. one whole scene where he was talking, and it it just sounded like American kind of drawl kind yeah, of. Yeah, I agree. And then another scene, I was like, oh, he's Mexican. I don't. I didn't get that from the last scene. That was weird. Like, what was that about? <laughs> Was Again, he, with the looping, <laughs> I don't know, but it was not... I mean, I would have liked... I like the way he is, his mannerisms and his presence, you know, yeah. in the movie, but I just didn't like that Because this movie also, we mentioned it a couple of times, um, the movie has this... It's ru- operating alongside the original movie, like in the same time frame, but there's just this... Sometimes you think, like... Uh, like the cars and stuff, sometimes there's like a, an old 70s looking car and then there's a more modern car and it just seems out of time, doesn't it? The, well, they explain that though. They do, but I, I'm still not down no, with No, ex- I accept the explanation that when this thing gets a hold of a place, when we're not just talking about a house anymore, like this whole town is a bit out of time. It's settled here now, right? For a few years, for a couple of years at least. And all this, and for us looking, yeah, they tried very hard to mix up the 1980s and 90s vehicles and great big CTR monitors. And this is CTR. 2000 CRT monitors. <laughs> and this is 2006. So we're on the verge of all the flat panels and everything, really. Yeah, fold up cell phones they've all got. Yeah. And I mean, that's still plausible, but it does have a very back in time. I was thinking if someone watches this in 30 years, they're going to think that's what 2006 really looks like. Yeah. And it isn't. But I understood once they said that one line where he says, it's like time doesn't work the same here. And he meant in their house, but I think you're supposed to then go, oh, hmm. so this thing is bigger than we think. It's done it to the whole area. And we've got uh, Lynn Shea, who played Faith Matteson. She's the old lady who cuts her fingers off. Okay. She's... um. Been in lots of horror movies. Yeah. Generally as a creepy old lady. She might have even been in It Chapter 2. She might have been that lady. She might have been that lady. But she plays a creepy old lady generally. She was in Ouija and uh, Mm. she was in, uh, what's the other one? Insidious. So, um, and she plays a good old creepy woman. And you know, her death sequence is pretty good. That was one of, that was a good sequence. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that much splash of blood comes out of a person, but it was a good, you know, it was a good... What would you call it? Suicide? Yes, that was terrible, was but I know what you're suicide, saying. Yeah. <laughs> so this is directed by Nicholas Peace. He directed two movies, one called Piercing and one called The Eyes of My Mother. They both look like they're horror films. Um, I've never heard or seen of either of them. But after watching the extras, what did you think of this director? I'm not a fan. I mean, this movie came across like, you know, the... The Conjuring series, the way that looks and feels, I think this came... Well, actually, no. The Curse of La Llorona, that one. Yeah. It actually felt a lot like that movie, which is part of the Conjuring universe. Kind of. Um, I know what you're saying. And you know why why I say that? Because that movie is, like, really... um, It also had a Mexican actor as the, like, main guy, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But that movie... Uh, was very bland, and <laughs> wasn't that guy also the one we just saw? And he's yeah, in the, Breaking it's, Bad. It's Tuco from yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that movie was just bland, and like when you'd watched it, you were like, "Well, that did nothing for the Conjuring universe," and it, in fact, it barely even fit into it. And this is how this felt to me. It's just like, okay, this fits into the Grudge, but it's just retelling the Grudge again. It's not a remake either. It's trying to be it's like a sequel and a, it's just odd. But I don't think he did a bad job directing. I mean, it looked good. Like you said, yeah, it's kind of Yeah, but I'm not a fan of the, the concept. The, are you a fan of the, the filmmaking? Um, a lot of it, but a lot of it is of the times. So it's, you know. Are they trying to match it up with the originals? I'm not sure. I mean, it's just hyper-cranked up and everything, isn't it? It's, it's kinda... a little cranked up. I mean, I like that at times you feel like it's pacing itself and there's a little bit of, you know, they're, they're driving for several seconds in a row <laughs> instead of like cut, 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 right? So we're not, it's not overly choppy. 
in the pace department. It takes its time. We get lots of slower scenes of looking at our main lady and her thinking and looking. I like that. But overall, it feels like it's got all the little cliches of now. Yeah. And if you watch it, like I said, in a few years, it'll it'll fit back in this time frame. So, um, IMDb reviews, what are they? Well, you find reviews and people say, I don't like this movie. Just like I'm saying right now. I mean, I did like it, but I'm criticizing it. And then they give it one star. And you like to read them because they're funny. And I bet a lot of people on IMDb give this a one star. I'm sure. Right? So, uh, here we go. This guy says, hey, it's the grudge again. And he says, bad reviews. And I do not weigh my opinion on that. But I can say it's... It's not worth to watch it. <laughs> Just watch the trailer. You'll have seen it all. That's kind of possible. Can't disagree with that. This guy says, laughably bad. Someone crossed the grudge with the ring. Remove the plot and the sense of dread. And this is it. Again, sounds about right. Uh, worst remake ever. It's not actually not a remake, but hey. The, this movie is the worst homage to the Juon originals one could imagine. The atmosphere is non-existent, the jump scares are extremely cheap, and the acting is terrible. I disagree about the acting. I'm literally cringing at every scene change. The worst thing is, I can't unsee this piece of garbage. If you're new to The Grudge, disregard this and go watch the original Japanese movie. I can't, um, you know, that's true also. True, true. Um... This guy says, I literally walked out. It was terrible. Poor CGI and boring jump scares. Was there any CGI? Probably. There was CGI when they did that little clip of the mom that she found online by the train station. Yeah. That was really bad, but it was inconsequential, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. This guy says, this was terrible. Why were all the cars from 1970 (laughs) when it was set in 2004? It's, it's a, a reasonable question. question, yeah. But, I mean, if you really were paying attention, you would get that line and understand it, but... This guy says, worst movie ever. I even hated the music. I actually... There is a piece of music in this that felt extremely out of place. And you know what I'm talking about. It's right near the end. And it's like... Oh, yeah, oh, like that, mm. you know, like the... Mm. Weird, Didn't really notice Like that. the stuff that the exorcist would use. Mm. But it just seemed like... Oh. It was when she, right at the very end, where the, the very final, she was uh, dumping petrol on the house. Oh, yeah. And it was like, hoo, 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 in the background. I was like, well, that's a bit overdone and weird. Um, and this person, the last one, says, this is a incoherent, I'll say this again, an incoherent mess. What Wiseborough, Weaver, and Sadler were thinking is beyond me. There's a lot going on there in that comment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's really, an, for me, it's a very average horror movie. It's part of a um, franchise that I didn't particularly care about to start with. You get what I'm saying? That's yep, probably where, 100%. Where it is for me. Um, there are some extras on the Blu-ray. There's the making of the grudge, behind the scenes of the cast and crew, extended and alternate scenes, and the Easter egg haunt which is the connections to the Grudge franchise. I would advise not watching that extra because it might make you think that this is... You might make you think a bit deeper and go, oh, there wasn't really anything in this movie. Yeah, exactly. That hasn't been done But if you just like nothingness, hey, you might love it. And you might love the Grudge and like those images. And there are some of... Actually, the main thing about the Grudge was the little girl who pops out. She pops out of the closet. Mm -hmm. She don't really pop out much in this one. If it... I mean, there's some poppage. poppage. She just is there. Yeah, but not much. It's it's, it's not the like main focus. It's more like camera scares where the camera's panning and you're looking at a thing and then it pans back and then she's there. That There's a lot of that. Yeah. Aw. Uh, Which is creepy because in your own house, you don't want someone to just magically appear at the end of your hallway. No. Who's dead. I mean, that's extra bad, right? Oh, you're looking at a sequence with... With, like, a lady in the house, and then they're talking in front of the doorway, and then you look in the background, and there's a, there's a child there all correct. of a sudden. Correct, correct. Like, huh? So if you like that stuff, maybe this will be for you. Maybe. It's I, for somebody. somebody I'm going to give like it, like, it. a 4 out of 10. I, I agree with that, because it's well-made. It just 
made for nothing. So it did nothing like it did nothing. There was no surprises. I feel no satisfaction. I didn't feel particularly scared. You know, jump scares, I just think are kind of like... You I mean, you have to admit, the fingers coming out of the back of the head, it's just like... I mean, uh, it's a creepy uh, image. Uh, yeah, and true. there's no... They put that on the front cover mm-hmm. because that's the thing that sells the movie, right? And yeah, even the front cover is creepy looking. Unfortunately, the movie's not as creepy as the cover. So um, thank you to Sony for letting us review the movie. Movie recommendations, what are you going on? Mine are going to follow my 100 years ago cinema thing and 50 years ago movie thing. So movies have been around a long time, at least since the beginning of the 20th century. That's right, boys and girls. At the tail end of the 1800s and the beginning of the 1900s, which sounds really old, right? Then again, you and I were born pretty much in the middle of the 1900s. So film has been around that long And so I'm going back to 1920 to a movie called Suds, S-U-D-S. This is Mary Pickford. A lot of people, unless you're into cinema, will not have heard of this lady, but she was a big star, big star, like Angelina Jolie type star, but of the earliest of cinema. We're talking, she started in 1911, right? So she was around. So there's that one, and I have not seen it. I'm not recommending movies I've seen. I'm just reminding you that these movies exist. And then from 1970 which is 50 years ago. There's a movie called There Was a Crooked Man. And I cannot account for in either of these movies because they are from different time periods in our, you know, social evolution. I cannot account for any commentary you might have on anything that happens. This is my disclaimer. There's going to be probably sexism, racism, classism, uh, lots more sexism, I'm going to say heavily weighted in the sexism department. So I'm not recommending them because they're great, but they exist. And There Was a Crooked Man has Henry Fonda and Kirk Douglas. It's set way back in what looks like Wild West times. I can't, I couldn't tell for sure from the pictures, Uh, but it's not set in 1970. So they're like criminals in prison and they're trying to do a prison break. I think I've seen it. Have you? And they're kind of like extra clever or something. So it's probably really horrible in the morality department if you have a problem with that. However, it exists. And so, you know, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. But there's a movie from 1970 you can watch. And my uh, recommendations are, I'm going with The Ring, which I I remember back in the day when these movies came out. And there was three... We we actually reviewed The Ring, The Grudge, and Mm. Dark Water was the other one with Jennifer Connelly. True. Um, And I always liked The Ring the best. I like the concept of the videotape that you watch. And then it's the same. It's the same kind of thing as The Grudge, really. Once you've seen it... Well, that's because a young girl was like... Something was... They kept her held up in some... Yeah. Pr- as prisoner or something, and then something bad happened from that. And, you know, the the teenagers watch the videotape, and then mm-hmm. once you've seen the tape, you're marked to be uh, messed with or whatever. Um, so I would recommend The Ring. And obviously there's a Japanese version of The Ring, and then there's the Hollywood remake. I didn't see the Japanese one, or maybe we did. Maybe we watched the Japanese I one. I think I might have watched the Japanese one in one of my, you no, know, Halloween series. Or maybe we watched it. Maybe. Um, and then we watched the original. Because we did watch Old Boy and a couple others we watched. You know, yeah. we kind of had a, a, a string there. The host. Yeah. Of um, movies from different countries. And my other one, talking about a remake and talking about Sam Raimi, who is also actually attached to The Grudge, uh, for right from the beginning, actually, and including this one. But uh, they did a remake of The Evil Dead, which is one of my favorite horror movies, the original Evil Dead. And the sequel... While, again, it didn't further the story, it was a remake. I mean, not a sequel, was it? It was a remake. Right. But it was a remake, and it was, like, done, like, how they would make it if they had those resources back in the day, and it was really gruesome. Remember cutting a tongue Mm -hmm. open? It's really, really... I thought it was really well done. Um, And it kind of kept the spirit. Yeah. I mean, they flipped it. They flipped it that Ash was... Not Ash. Uh, there was no Ash. There was a female version of Ash, kind of. Uh, 
She was really good. Jane Levy from Don't Breathe. But here's the real question. Did you like the TV show or that movie better? Um, the movie was more like a reimagining of it. And the TV show was more like another Evil Dead movie. I a thought. continuation of it. Yeah. For uh, sure. It was yeah. really good. The TV show was so good. Ash versus the Evil Dead. There was three seasons. Here's the thing. We were just talking about how do you know what movies you can or can't show to children. None of these things should be shown to children. No. Every single thing we're talking about, not for children. The the guy in this movie, um, they take the, a kid to the police station. The late the main lady has to take a kid into work because there's nobody to look after him. And the other grizzled detectives take, says, "Come on, boy, we'll go in this room." Yeah. So he takes him in the room and he go and he's got forty eight hours and the French Connection on DVD. He says you can watch one of these. Forty eight oh. hours is the one. I'm like, ah, <laughs> no. I was pretty young when I started watching adultish movies. Not adult like porno, but adult, you know. So, I mean, I'm fine. But, you know, if you got kids, I, I wouldn't watch any of the movies we're mentioning now whatsoever that I can think of through I think this conversation. that was the only moment of levity in this entire movie. I was, think you're right. It was pretty intense. Because <laughs> it was supposed to be kind of funny that he would let him watch that. But there was and don't you think, else. too, like this lady, the main lady... It's been three months since apparently her husband died, sadly, of cancer. True. Right? And the kid was there when the dad... They mention it, and then we never revisit that. Apart from she asks him once. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We never... It's not like a metaphor. This isn't a way of her confronting that, or... it's no. There's nothing that comes of it like an image of him, or... You know, I'm going back to The Exorcist here, where the evil spirit tries to use that against you. Like, there's none of that. We just simply go, oh, she had had this thing to deal with, and she's stressed out. And there's no mention of, or any kind of hint, like, how will this make it, she can maybe deal with this better, or it's going to push her over the edge, or is she just so distraught that she's just like, screw this evil spirit. (laughs) You know I mean? I'm taking you down. Like, nothing can bring me, nothing, none of that happens. Yeah. They just sort of brush over it. It's almost just just a plot device to have... Yeah, he could have just left her. It's just a plot device to make her, like, you know why she's sad and you know why she's on her own. Well, you know why she moved there. Yeah. As you said, many, many horror movies. Here's what we would tell the cast, or the people, the characters. If the beginning of the story says they move into a new place, don't do it. (laughs) Don't ever move. Because they even spell that out. She goes, it will be great when we move to the new place. And I was like, oh... No, it never. I mean, there's not a history of success in moving to a new creepy town in all of horror. That's one of those tropes. That's true. So um, that was our recommendations. Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing more Ghost of Tsushima. Or Tsushima. It's a uh, samurai game. Open world. Beautiful looking. Right? You've seen me play. Oh, yeah. It's... um. It's really fun. I'm a, like in all these kind of open world games, what happens with me is um, there's a story you can follow, but then there's all other stuff you can do. And I forget to follow the story because I turn it on and I'll go, I'll, I'll do one of the story missions this time. And then I go, oh, over there, there's a thing to find. Go and get that thing. Go and do this thing. Clear this camp out. Do that thing. Collect some armor over here. Get some point, skill points over here. And then go, oh, look, I didn't do any of the story. <laughs> so I'm guilty I haven't been doing the story. So I don't know what his story is, apart from at the beginning of the game, he they get whooped and his uncle gets kidnapped by the Mongol leader. And what we're doing is trying to get the uncle back. But it's impossible because he's in a big castle and uh, it would require more than just one guy to go in and get him. So I'm trying to recruit an army, basically, is what's happening. Okay, so there is something going on. So I think each mission's going to be like, you meet this... Well, I have recruited at least two people. But I feel, I feel like I'm going to, throughout the game, we're going to have a massive army, and we're going to ride... The end scene's going to be them riding into the castle on the horses, and a major battle at the end, where you have to get your uncle back. Which is cool, because that's how samurai and cowboy movies kind of go, isn't it? So... Um, I highly recommend that one. And I've been playing some more American Truck Sim Idaho. just want to tell you that that one is out. It's the DLC for American Truck Sim. You can drive around Idaho. I haven't drive around there enough yet, 
But guess what I was delivering in Idaho? Sit up. Packages? Potatoes. Of course. Of that course. old chestnut. No, nope, that old potato. <laughs> of course. So, uh, American Trucks in Idaho been playing some of that. Sit up, what is for dinner? Well, what do you think? What do you want? I really dear? want the Impossible Whopper from Burger King. Are we sponsored by them? We are not. I wish. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Free Impossible Whoppers. That would be fine with me. No, that's what we're having. Nice. Impossible Whoppers. And what is that's your... that's what you love. What's your uh, advice? Um, my advice is... <sighs> it's so exhausting to like deal with the world and people not the world because i don't know i've never had to go like live in the ocean or anything but people live in <laughs> yeah. the ocean no that's part of the world well, right the world i don't know how i would deal with i'd probably just die but with people you just have to put up with shit or go along with the shit or pretend you believe what they believe or think what they think or you're in opposition so they generalize right all i can say is just stop believing in bullshit it's very simple and you know for a fact you know in your brain not in your little belief system and not in your little political view system and not down in those little tiny parts of your brain where all that shit's going on in your actual logical brain when you see a stupid meme i call them idiot memes on the facebook or some stupid news story or someone links to a link to a link of a guy who says this thing You know it's bullshit. There is no doubt in the real part of your brain. However, you let all those other little things start chipping away at your actual logical mind, and you just go along with the bullshit. And then that causes you to be divisive and hateful and spiteful and judgmental and all that other shit which I'm being right now about you if you do this, right? So we're all guilty. I I will accept that. But when you know some bullshit about, oh my God, okay, here's an example of one I just saw today. And even you might be shocked, or maybe you've seen it or heard of it. There's a picture of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, the actor guy, director guy. Never heard of him. (laughs) It looks like a doctored photo immediately. Where he has what looks like a jail thing on his on his ankle, a ball and chain, and, and a, no, a jail thing. Oh, a, like a, yeah, home, re, home. Oh yeah, yeah, like uh, that movie with Shia LaBeouf. Yes, like you are on house arrest or Dis- whatever. Disturbia. Never mind the fact that he's at a gas pump with this thing on his ankle, and he's got a mask on his face, and it says, "And I shit you not." That when he told the world he had coronavirus in Australia, it was a lie. He had been arrested for pedophilia. Oh, God. And it's all a cover-up. Exactly. Now, obviously, people have proven this. Who posted this? Somebody I know. Who's like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. Yes. They believe the bullshit. Wow. They believe it because why? Why is it easy to believe that when you instantly know, well, that can't be right. Now, my brain is wired that way. You often say it. <laughs> like, I don't believe anything ever. You can, you, can, you can tell me right now, like, you sometimes will say to me, it's raining. And I'm like, hmm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I have to go look. Like, you might have just looked out the front door and saw the rain. And I'm like, are you sure? I have to go check for myself. It's just built into me, right? So I'm... I guess naturally a cynic or a skeptic, whatever that is. Cynic and skeptic. But then if if I am convinced by enough information, I will then be like, okay, I can accept that. Now, I'm still most, I'd say 80% of the time, I'm still like, I don't know. It could be anything, right? What kind of dinosaurs existed? We don't fucking know. You only know from the bones and the stuff and some science you've done over many years. I get it. But we weren't there. We don't know exactly what they look like, exactly what they were. I'm not saying dinosaurs didn't exist. I'm saying we don't know all the shit that people tell you that exists just because they've kind of made it up and pieced it together and now they want you to believe it, right? That's more of a harmless version. The things that aren't harmless are when people try to convince you that people, individuals in this world, have done terrible, horrible things and they're backing it up by some with some 
bullshit belief system or religion or a political point of view, or they've attached themselves so, I don't mean attached, chained and cemented themselves to a political party that they will disparage another human being with these memes and with all this other, again, I'm going to say it, it's just bullshit. I don't know why you would want to succumb to this. Like, it makes you less of a person, I think. And so, just don't. <laughs> don't succumb to the bullshit. Just and don't. don't make up bullshit. And don't spread it. And don't share it. And don't invent it because something else is wrong with you or your life. And this little bit of bullshit somehow makes you feel better about yourself or like you belong to a group because, Hey, all these other people believe it. So I'm going to believe it. So I'm part of something because I desperately have a problem and I want to solve it with this over here and not actually solve my problem. So I feel like that happens a lot too. Now I'm on my soapbox. So that's it. Just don't believe in all the bullshit. All right, soapbox over. I'm off. I'm, I'm stepping off. it over. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. off. I'm out. All right, so uh, you can catch us on aschoolie.com. We have uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We also have this podcast, which is available everywhere, including Google Play, iTunes Music Store, Spotify, iTunes. Did I say iTunes? Yeah, I did. RSS feed, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, everywhere that podcasts are available. Everywhere in the world. You can also um, email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She really has uh, got no use for any of you. <laughs> That's not true. And uh, finally, stay classy, Mr. Sam Raimi, and please bring us some more Evil Dead. Oh, guess what, Sid Talk? What? We are getting a new, we're getting a new Evil Dead well, movie. Well, then you de- he just keeps lying to you, and you keep buying his bullshit. He keeps saying, I'm not doing it, and then he does it. No, we're getting a new Evil Dead movie. I understand. He keeps saying no, it's listen, not happening. Listen. Bruce Campbell is not being it, not okay. involved. fair. And it's not a sequel to that remake one. It is a new Evil Dead thing. Okay. Coming next year, apparently. So, we'll see. It's not going to be that new. It's going to be based on Evil Dead stuff. Well... We'll, we'll find out. Are you going to sign off? Or you Did you sign off already? Off? Yep. <laughs> I'm distracted by my own soapbox. I'm still stepping off. Oh, here it is. Think for yourself or someone will definitely do it for you. <laughs>